Welcome, everybody, to Socratica Reads. My name is Kimberly Hatch Harrison, and I'm the co-founder of Socratica. In this podcast, I'm sharing my favorite reading experiences. I'm picking out books that made an impression, that I found influential, and I'm jumping right to my favorite parts. There's a sea of books out there. We'll never run out of things to read and books to share with each other. This book comes to us from across the pond. If you're an American, especially a younger American, you may be less familiar with the pun in the title, At Sixes and Sevens. It's a book about math, hence the sixes and sevens, but that phrase, at sixes and sevens, means you're confused and discombobulated, which also is the state of many people when they think about math. This is a book from Rachel Riley, who I first saw on a quiz show called Countdown. The Brits really have us beat when it comes to quiz shows. Do you know Countdown? Or the funny nighttime version populated by comedians, 8 out of 10 cats does Countdown? Oh, my friend, you're missing out. Okay, first, I'm going to read to you a little description from Ms. Riley's book, and I'm curious if anyone would understand how the game actually works if you haven't seen it. There's a letters game, and then there's a numbers game, and this is Rachel's description of the numbers game. In this book so far, I've taken it for granted that since you've actually gone and bought it, you're probably one of the large majority of Brits who knows what Countdown is and what the Countdown numbers rounds are. But for anyone who hasn't watched TV since 1982, or for any Americans or perhaps Papua New Guineans reading a likely best-selling translation, I should probably explain briefly. Since 2009, I've worked on an iconic anagram and number-based quiz show that itself has been running since 1982, with a large part of my role being to solve the number puzzles. It's what gets me up in the morning, besides taking it literally my babies. I love them, both the babies and the puzzles. The puzzles, very simply, consists of any combination of six magnetic tiles selected from a set of 24, with the numbers 25, 50, 75, 100, and two sets of the numbers 1 to 10 on the sides, facing down so we can't see them. At a contestant's command, I pick a random selection containing the requested number of large ones, 25, 50, 75, and 100, and the remaining small shove them up on a board, and press a button to create a randomly generated three-digit target number. We then all have 30 seconds to listen to some jazzy theme music and, using addition, subtraction, multiplication, or division, must try to reach the target number. You don't have to use all the numbers, but you can't use any tile more than once. Oh, and if you do well on the show, you win a teapot. It's at this stage of explaining that Americans usually raise their eyebrows in an okay, good luck with that dear kind of way. But for us in Blighty, Countdown is something of a national treasure in TV form. Okay, so anyway, this game Countdown is completely addictive, and an extra challenging way to play it at home is to do it without paper. I was absolutely scandalized when I heard that some people record it and pause the playback while they try to solve each round. I mean, that's okay, really. The important thing is, you're using your brains and doing math puzzles for fun. That's pretty amazing that people all across the UK actually do this every day. 
What a Country. Rachel has a co-writer for this book, Dr. Gareth Moore, who I understand supplied some of the brain teasers in the book. I know Dr. Moore as the author of the Penguin Book of Puzzles, which is a collection of riddles from throughout history. Ancient puzzles like the Riddle of the Sphinx, and things from more recent history like Victorian and Edwardian era and the modern era. So I recommend you look for that book as well. But today I want to talk about At Sixes and Sevens, because I'm so pleased that Rachel Riley is out there doing good work with the audience she has access to. Now, this book is full of tips and tricks and simple real-life explanations of certain math situations. The whole book is pretty useful. But the very beginning, which contains a good pep talk for improving your math and building your confidence, is my favorite part. I'm going to read it to you now. Are you ready? Let's begin. Introducing your new friend, Maths. This book is for all the people who were ever told they were bad at maths. It's for parents who want to be able to help their kids with their schoolwork, but don't know how. It's for anyone whose childhood teachers almost turned them off numbers for life. And it's for everyone who wants to get better, but needs a friendly helping hand. I know I'm very lucky that my experiences with maths have always been good ones. As my mom often tells me, my favorite toy as a four-year-old was a primitive-style computer that I'd carry around and do sums on. These sums were part of a little game it had programmed in, where you raced against the clock to answer simple questions. You'd get praise and rewards when you got things right, and I really liked getting praise and rewards. I played it over and over, and the more I played, the better I got. The better I got, the more I wanted to play. This was a very beneficial cycle, and the start of a beautiful relationship. As the years would pass, I'd win maths prizes in competitions, and get top marks in school, and in general it all came quite naturally to me. I didn't have to try too hard to do well, so the effort to reward ratio was brilliant. If you feel like slapping me in the face with a wet fish after reading that, I get it. I realize this isn't the experience that most people have when it comes to maths. And as much as the praise and good marks that I got gave me encouragement and confidence in my math skills, likewise, being told you're no good and getting only red crosses through your work at an early age probably won't give you the self-belief to aspire to become the next Einstein. It's a much-propagated myth that Einstein, too, was written off as a child, He wasn't. Einstein was a maths prodigy. But in the case of Sir Roger Penrose, an award-winning long-term working partner and friend of Stephen Hawking, he was written off at a young age by one of his maths teachers. They moved him down a class for being too slow and always getting lost in lessons. He's since become an emeritus professor of mathematics at Oxford University. He's used maths to prove the existence of black holes, and among his large collection of prestigious awards and accolades, including a knighthood, in 2020, aged 89, he was the joint winner of the Nobel Prize for Physics. So never let anyone tell you you're no good at doing something, especially when it comes to maths. Positivity and self-belief that you can do maths are vital for you to be able to make progress. If you often find yourself thinking, I just can't do it, then the first piece of homework handed down to you by Miss Riley is to add a yet to the end of that thought. 
Anytime it creeps in, your new mantra is, I just can't do it yet. I have a friend who considered herself a linguist, no, not Susie Dent, such that she'd written herself off in the maths department as not being wired that way. This is despite the fact she got an A in her maths GCSE and was far more competent than she gave herself credit for. She had what I call a maths face, and whenever she was asked to do something remotely related to maths or numbers, she'd grimace, break out in a cold sweat, and give up before even trying. Back in the days when VAT was 17.5%, she ashamedly confessed to me that she didn't know how to work out what it would be for different values, which was something she was supposed to be doing at work. She then went on to explain that if she did have to do it, she'd take 10% of the price, then add half of that for another 5%, then half of that again for the final 2.5%, adding them all together to get 17.5%. What she'd done was tell me she couldn't do something, then give me a perfectly good mathematical way of doing that exact thing. Her problem wasn't her math skills. It was her own confidence in them. What my friend couldn't do was remember the formal method for working out percentages that she was taught in school. But she had enough understanding of how percentages work to be able to come up with her own method. And that's exactly the type of skills that I want to help you gain from reading this book. One of the reasons that I always liked maths so much was because you didn't really have to remember anything. I realized I was one of a minority who thought this way, as my friends were all busy panicking with last-minute cramming before our maths GCSE, while I was chilled out and listening to a World Cup match on my mini portable radio. What was there to cram? Once you understand why things are in maths, then you never have to worry about remembering anything, as all the knowledge you need to be able to tackle a problem is stored in your mind, not as a rigid formula or strict set of rules to blindly follow, but more as a way of thinking. It's a common thing to hear people declare they're bad at maths, often as a badge of honor and shrugged off as inconsequential, in a way you'd never hear anyone say that they couldn't read. I've heard this from all sorts of people, from teachers to journalists to politicians. I'd wager a lot of the time this isn't even true. It may be self-deprecating, or another case of selling themselves short in their own minds. But either way, I don't like it when I hear it. It's said in a way that suggests it's entirely out of their control, so why should they even bother trying? And when kids hear it, they pick up on this messaging. So I love to think about how Rachel Riley is out there spreading the word. Before I let you go today, I want to tell you about a new project I've been working on that is also intended to help people feel more comfortable with math. I think you can tell I love puzzles and word problems, and I would really like to help people enjoy them and enjoy being good at them. So on our newest YouTube channel, Socratica High, we have an algebra series. I've been making videos for that series all about word problems. I can't tell you how many people have told me they struggle with word problems. No one seems to realize they're games. I'll include a link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>